0: Hi everyone, this is Duncan from Metal Epidemic I am joined with Trishan um, from the incredible author and in Punisher Cheers Cheers. Yeah, um, for me. So uh, you are kind of out on your kind of final leg of the UK tour for Crueler that came out about a year ago now So it's been out a year on Relapse um, We were just chatting before we started recording there about like, the touring cycle, what you've got lined up and all the rest How's the UK treating you this time around? It's been great, I mean, we also sort of, you know, just trying to
1: enjoy our time on this tour a little mm-hmm. bit more rather than just go, 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 the routing is a little better. Just enjoying the foods. I don't know, seeing the city going on some hikes and yeah. things like that. It's yeah. not, as, not as brutal and painful, the hotels aren't moldy, you know, these types <laughs> of things. I don't let anybody book my hotels anymore, I do it myself. You do
0: it yourself, yeah. I suppose if you do it yourself, you can only blame yourself. Yeah, so. exactly. So um, Cruella's been it for about a year, um, I think everyone who reviewed the album, us included, kind of noted that it felt like this was the first big monumental sure. kind of shift as you as an artist into more, not, not just melody, but a, a conscious push vocally in towards melody. Yeah. Um, in terms of how you approach writing an album, because it's, it's so DIY, Was that a conscious decision beforehand or does that sort of thing come out organically as you write the music?
1: That was, uh, I would say, not completely conscious, but when I was on tour with Tool right before the pandemic, which was basically a few months before I started writing the album, Mm -hmm. I had their monitor engineers when I was on tour with them, I got to interact with their tech a lot. And so getting the vocals in my ears and sort of... Being able to play live and hear my voice properly, and uh, really dial the the tech in, mm-hmm. allowed me to have more confidence in my vocals yeah. and the pitch and singing well live every night. Um, I think in the past I used to just want everything loud yeah. all the time. I wanted the bass like, enveloped in bass, yeah. and that was the exact opposite of what you want to do when you want to sing. You know, sort of a little bit more gently and melodically. Yeah. So when I went into doing the album, I was like, oh, well, I can I can sing on this album, and I know I can pull it off live. So that's, when I was writing the melodies, I, w- I was just like, you know. I also was listening to my the recordings from that tour, mm-hmm. and I, the, I sometimes felt like I was yelling a lot. I, yep. didn't, I was like, why are you yelling? Why are you <laughs> yelling so much? Like, when I was listening to it, it was, like, it was abrasive, and... I like the heavy music, but I wanted the vocals to not be so angsty and abrasive.
0: Yeah, because you, like, in terms of, the, you're one of the, you're a really good example of an artist who never really releases the same thing twice. Hmm. I mean, it's always there, you, when you listen to it, it's clearly author and Punisher, but it's, it's like growth and evolution, part of that down to the tech that you do, um, part of that confidence in your songwriting, but I think on this one, it was that, was that question about what's you going to do next, what, you know, what's the next level, and it, it becomes more kind of focused. As it gives almost like a focal center point on the music all the way through, which I thought was really really cool. It's also your vocal tone has this kind of 80s, almost kind of new wave sort of sound as well, which I think like really kind of aided it. In terms of the themes coming into this one, um, how do you balance? Because like your lyrics like delve into some kind of dark areas, conflict, war, etc. How do you balance that with the style of melody you bring in? Well, I think the. I mean, I like the juxtaposition. It's yeah. like watching
1: movies that are. Uh, I was like, we stayed in this castle the other night. I swear it was like just in the movie uh, Melancholia with yeah, Lars yeah. Ventrier. I swear it was that exact thing. And I was like, it's like this beautiful, but like the most depressing thing ever. It's you know? yeah. <laughs> so the same thing. Like, you kind of have this like. Our health is a perfect example of like. Mm-hmm vocals are very gentle along the top, but the low end is just kills you, yeah. you know, and I, um, that's what I wanted to do, and um, the tone was something I really worked on, you know, James Blake, I'm a big fan of this mm-hmm. sort, I always listen, I saw him live, and I always hear his vocals and how much presence they had over the top. And you could just hear every, every bit of his like voice, you yeah. know, and the breath and everything. And I was like, how can I do that but on top of Doom, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really I worked hard at that. Yeah. I had to design a new microphone unit that had new microphone capsules
0: because the ones I had didn't have quite enough
1: presence. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Because that's, yeah, yeah. that's something that I I think some people overlook is the fact that when when we say your DIY we literally mean your DIY. It's from the ground up. So yeah. everything that people are hearing is an extension of a creation of something you have built. You obviously come from a background of uh, kind of mechanical engineering and stuff like that. Um, was music always in the back of your mind even through that? So where you're constructing things, you're oh, yeah. kind of thinking about how this could be used yeah. as a as an instrument.
1: I wouldn't say that I I think the it's not like I'm writing the songs while I'm designing the instruments because yep. I used to try to, I was trying to have one set of instruments per album Yeah, but, yeah. but it was just too <laughs> too vicious you know yeah. um, so I really kind of I'll design new stuff every few years and I'll just pick like one of them and use them a lot but uh, I mean I was always I'm always chasing this sort of same heavy um, I like you know like, when I'm sitting in the studio writing, I'm not writing on my laptop, I'm writing with my gear. Yeah. So I, I don't even look at my laptop. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I try to just set up some good sounds, some you know some keyboards, some pitch bends, some throttles, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I just start playing with, with tones and riffs, just the same way a band would with a drummer. You yeah. know, just like,
0: hey, what do you think about this? So I'm just like,
1: and then I come up with a melody, and then I'll have a little keyboard, and I'll be like, oh, I can put that on mm-hmm. top of it. And then maybe I'll like just record it on my phone, and for the first month and a half, that's all I'm doing, you know. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have your questions. No,
0: no, totally. Um, in terms of, so it's one thing that is always interesting speaking to essentially solo artists is a less even, probably more so for you because you're you're so involved with everything. Uh, how difficult is it to pull away from the coalface and? Objectively listen to what you're writing, or can you lose a lot of time in the process of writing going down an avenue that ultimately doesn't prove to be kind of fruitful musically?
1: I don't think I, that ever happens. Yeah, I'm always, I just know. Uh, like on this album, I think the first one I did was the first song was Drone Carrying Dread, and then like Maiden's Star kind of have this and, and incinerator kind of have this like kind of epic long vibe with these, kind of, I don't know, melancholic kind of like. Combinations of really heavy Mm -hmm. fifths and chords that I found, and then these kind of little, like, sort of dissonant atonal melody lines on synth and top. Yeah, yeah. And so, I just, once I sort of those three songs, were the first ones. Once I sort of got those, I was like, okay, that's the vibe for the album. Yeah. And uh, the Portishead thing came later, and uh, that was like, oh, that's kind of the same vibe.
0: And in total, how long did it take from kind of start of? I would say May for the writing. Yeah. May through February. Right.
1: Because Justin Chancellor, who guessed it, all, wrote and I wrote that Centurion track together.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. How and cool that was is the last it? one that we did. Yeah. How so. cool is it being involved with a band like Tool? I mean, like, because they arguably are, like, to this day they're a band who very seldom put out anything, but in between that time, no one stops talking about them. So yeah, they're, that fans, like that.
1: they're hardcore. They're fans, man. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. I mean and also just the fact that I interacted with, with Danny and Justin the most. Yeah. Um, they share like a green room so there's like there's like and then and then Adam and, and Maynard are, are cool and they just kind of are a little of themselves a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we hung out a lot, especially, you know, Justin's a Chelsea fan I was a Liverpool fan, so we had like a nice little <laughs> yeah. we would kick the kick the ball around yeah. in the arena before yeah. the show, we would just play or they had rugby ball in, in when we were in Australia
0: yeah
1: but, uh, is that what you call it is it a ball
0: yeah, ball, yeah. <laughs> we'll <with> um, <laughs> I've, I've a ball I'm the last person you talk to about sports Okay. <laughs> okay. so I will agree with everything you've said because uh, I just assume Americans are better at sports um, in terms of like that that sort of tour as well like Tool fans tend to be um, really accommodating of the supports uh, because they don't want you know. to hear a band just like Tool. Um, you know. How how was that experience then playing to a Tool crowd? Do you feel like they got it? You know, they, they kind of picked up what you are putting down. Well, you don't sell as much merch as you think you are. You're like,
1: <laughs> you start doing the calculations. You're like, okay, there's fifteen thousand people here. I'm gonna sell ten dollars. You're like, oh, I should. Probably, and then they just tell you straight up, like, yeah. Tool fans buy Tool merch. Yeah. They don't buy author, they don't buy the support merch. You know. So you, I sold I sold more on this tour. And yeah, Yob told me the same thing when they went out. they were like, "Don't bring as much merch as you yes. make <laughs> and that band is legendary, you know. And
0: yeah.
1: But uh, th- their fans were surprisingly great. The only complaints I had were sometimes about the lights because I yeah. had this. I hired. We had some strobes, and it was a little aggressive for some people. Yeah. But um. But yeah, people were really into it. I still, especially in Australia, I got, you know. I haven't been there since, but, uh, you know, there was like radio play and the followers mm-hmm. from that, and the listen, if you look on Spotify, Australia is one of the biggest places and,
0: um, so yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, I like the
1: fans, they were really yeah, cool.
0: I think, I think the thing as well, like, they're educated fans, if you know what I mean, so they're educated yeah. more than just appreciate music as opposed to appreciate genre, um, which I think in itself is a cool thing. Um, you, and I, I, I didn't want to go into influences particularly, but like it it does kind of feel like nothing is ever really off the table for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think, as a musician, that's something you will always continue when writing music is that, you know, there is no kind of taboo style or or genre in terms of how you approach, how you write your music? Or is there like, like, I'll never go down this avenue, or I can't see me pushing things... I mean, the way, the way I speak about it is there's always the constant, almost constant your music is that kind of heavy drone. The doom stuff, yeah. yeah. That, that's always there. Could you ever envisage a time where that is not part of your sound?
1: I don't think so. Yeah. Because I, I think it's, as much as I love, like, I I think I, and I thought I was going to have a secondary project. It was actually called Women and Children, mm-hmm. which was more like a dub project. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was following in the footsteps of Justin Broderick and these types of people, but... I tried it a few times and to make like the pure dub and to really to really sort of go deep there i realized that it would be a fun thing for me to do for myself but i don't think i could do it to the level that the people that i'm fans of could do it like the bug or with like some of these other you know i'm just like you know what that can be an influence but i don't have to do the thing
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah. Or, or i like i like death and i like some you know, some death metal, but, like, I don't... I can, every once in a while, have some elements of that. Oh, like, these new sort of black metal bands that are really experimental, yeah. or like, Imperial Triumph thing. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, like, really digging that stuff lately. Yeah. But, like, you know, or, or just the sort of uh, chat pile. I really enjoy mm-hmm. this sort of... Reminds me of some of the, the Fugazi stuff I was listening to back in the day, but, you know, I'm just... You know, hopefully the people these new bands will influence each other. Yeah. I don't need to do the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna be making industrial doom. I mean, the shoegazy thing that I've been doing with the
0: vocals maybe yeah. is,
1: uh, you know. But I don't like even listen a- to shoegaze <laughs> bands. I don't know <laughs> how that
0: happened. It's everywhere at the moment. That's the way, It's like as I talk about it as being like the. It's like the Deftones effect, right? So that like for whatever reason in the last four years, the yeah. metal bands that have come out. Clearly, are influenced by, even though they'll tell you, never many? heard the Death Tones, but like tertiary, they've heard it somewhere by someone else who's done something else. And it is, it's everywhere. I love it. I think it's great. I think it adds, especially in your music, you were talking about that juxtaposition. It adds a kind of dreamy, floaty element, which is so disparate from what's underneath. Yeah. Which I think just makes what's underneath so. And also, when that strips out and then the heavy stuff kicks in, it's so much heavier. so heavier. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you realize that you're like, oh, you can't just be heavy all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's why for me the the new hard like hardcore resurgence for me is that I'm just not buying it. Like, I yeah. can't. It's just like you're just yelling all the time. Yeah. I just can't. <laughs> Maybe it's my age. And the fact that I drink like little alcohol beer now, you know, I just don't want to. I don't want to be screamed at. All yeah.
0: The time. But you know, hardcore comes back every once in a while. Yeah. Every, all these things are every ten years. Yeah, they all come out. and the me, the messaging changes slightly, but I don't know if necessarily... I don't know how the shoegaze vocal thing came back because like
1: like I was saying, it was like for me it was like people like James Blake yeah. and like sort of this like hip hop stuff. It wasn't uh, it wasn't like, I don't know, Maisie Star or what are these other I can't even think of right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. tired but
0: it's, it's weird, like I said, it, it seems to be everywhere. Um, I think there's a difference between listening to bands who are organically crafting it into the music and those that just see it as a... Well, oh, that's what's selling just now, so we'll just put that in there. And that's what I meant. Like you, you can hear the changes in the albums that you do, that it is the next, so that the next logical step, even though no-one was expecting it, is obviously the next logical step when it arrives. Yeah. Um, so you have couple of dates left in the UK and you were saying you're out to Amsterdam and then back to the States for some more dates there yep. and then a bit of chill well a couple of months of chill and then we do some June three weeks
1: in June in Europe because I I tried to hit as many Euro festivals but yeah. it's still it's such a mess it is so competitive in Europe in June and July and August that we're just trying to like you know we've just been we've had like three support co-headline options that were happening and not happening and yeah. happening and not happening it's just like there's a lot of agents on the phone with each other right yeah. now in Europe. But um, we've got Full Force Festival, which is in Germany. It's a big one. One called Mystic Festival in Rock and in, uh, in France. So those are the, uh, there might be one more that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. But mostly Scandinavia. I'm trying to hit the, the places like that, the Baltics, Scandinavia, yeah, yeah. Germany that I, I typically do pretty well in. So.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And the inevitable question always comes up: When are you going to start writing the next album? Well, we're going to
1: release some singles this year. For the managers that I have now were like, "Hey, let's try something different this year and do some cover tracks, do some singles." Uh, I think Health and I are sort of chatting about finally doing a collaboration nice. for that tour. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be a track there, um, and then um, yeah, like the Arca thing. Like she's been using my gear, so. Yeah, there might be something
0: happening there. We'll yeah. I love it when bands do that. Like when, especially when they get on, they do something together before a tour. It kind of feels to me yeah. like a no-brainer. I know everyone's kind of pushed for time. You have to deal with different publishing agents and all the rest. But like when Nine Inch Nails did that tour a few years ago with Jane's Addiction and they released a EP together, which is like here's some songs that we had. Here's some songs that we had. We're gonna play them live. And uh, uh, to me, it just feels like a like a like an event. It's like something else that you have to remember. Just not even just a T-shirt. you have like. I, I got that at that time so I'll be we're cool. trying to
1: do it so that when we do the shows together because we're doing one in San Diego which is where I live yeah. and uh, Johnny from Health is also from San Diego originally so that that's going to be a big show for us yeah. that's a 700 capacity like by the local goth industrial promoter Javi yeah. in town it's like that is probably that for me is probably the show of the year Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be Elf, myself and uh, some local local bands and we're going to try to debut that track together that'd be amazing
0: well thank you very much for your time yeah. really looking forward to catching you later on cheers thanks thank you